0: Women have been conditioned by society to be, act and think a certain way. Here at Girls IRL, we encourage women to challenge societal norms and embrace their femininity. With that being said, let's get into this week's episode. It's so cozy. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Girls in Real Life podcast. I'm your host Mariah Clayton and if it sounds like I'm a little bit low on energy and like my voice is just kind of like really low, one, it's really late right now and two, I feel so cozy right now like I'm in my podcast studio with a blankie on top of me. I got a candle going, the lamp is on, like it just feels so cozy, so low key, so intimate. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I could literally fall asleep right now. But uh, hopefully I don't put you guys to sleep (laughs) because that is not the point of this podcast. But I just I feel very cozy. It feels very fall in here. I hope you guys have been doing well. We are in week three pretty sure this is week three of our spooky season episodes that we're doing I don't even really know like what to call it um and okay <laughs> I know for the past two weeks I've been doing true crime stories and I've loved doing that but the one thing that's been getting to me is like doing all of the research and like trying to write out a script and and like a layout and all that stuff like I don't know how these true crime girlies do it because it takes so much effort out of me to even just like produce that for this entire month and people who like literally make true crime their career I'm just like God bless you because (laughs) there's a lot that goes into it so One, because I did not really have enough time this week to really research a story and like write out a script and all that stuff. And then two, because I really needed a break from doing all of that. This week, I'm not doing necessarily a true crime story, but we are going to be talking about like some of the most haunted places in America, which I thought would be interesting as well. I don't know about you guys, but for me, I like, I like scary stuff, not like demon possessed, scary stuff, but I like um, like spooky stories, ghost stories, like especially learning about the history of somewhere and learning that like there's Spirits that still live in, you know, like these historic places, like that has always interested me. So, I'm really excited to dive into today's episode and just kind of talk briefly about some of the most haunted places in America and a little bit about the history behind it and why it's haunted and who it's haunted by and the types of things that you might see if you go and visit there. So, if you have a list of places that you want to go during this holiday season, I would probably add some of these to your list. They're from all over the country. So you don't necessarily have to go like this year. But if you want to take a trip and maybe like drive to a place that's close to you or fly somewhere like you're vacationing somewhere and you just want to go and visit and like see, I think that it would be really, really cool. So that's what we're going to be doing today. I just needed a break from the true crime world. And I just felt like this would be um, really fun and interesting to talk about. I don't really have very many life updates at the moment. So I think we're just really going to like dive into the episode and just kind of talk about these places that I found online. So I'm actually reading all this from a website. It's an insider article that was published around this time last year. So if you want, I can link it in the description or the details of the podcast. And if you want to go visit it and like read more about the these places, then you can. But yeah, I don't want to keep boring you guys with this intro. So let's just go ahead and get started. So the first place we're going to talk about is the Eastern State Penitentiary Penitentiary Penitentiary. (laughs) It's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And back in its heyday, it was one of the most expensive and well known prisons in the world. It was built in 1829, and the prison housed big-time criminals like Al Capone and bank robber Slick Willie, which I don't really know who Slick Willie is, but I think everybody pretty much knows who Al Capone is. So up until overcrowding became a problem in 1913, and prisoners were kept in complete solitude at all times. I cannot even imagine. Like, being in jail is bad enough, but being in complete solitude? Oh my gosh, like... I would want to freaking unalive myself. (laughs) So the prisoners were kept in complete solitude because overcrowding became a problem at this prison. And even when prisoners left their cells, guards would cover their heads that they couldn't see anyone and that no one could see them. So like literally your entire time that you're in this prison, you can't see nobody. Like you can't even barely see yourself because you ain't got no mirror. Like I would be going crazy. Today, the decaying penitentiary offers ghost tours and a museum. Shadowy figures, laughter, and footsteps have all been reported as paranormal activity within the prison walls. I honestly feel like prisons old prisons, like those are definitely haunted. Me and my sister were in, I always can't remember if we were in North Carolina or South Carolina. I'm pretty sure we were in South Carolina and downtown. It actually reminds me a lot of New Orleans, like just the way that the houses are built and the structures of the places and all that kind of stuff. But there is a prison that is in downtown And we went to go tour it and it was literally so scary. Like the lady was telling us, I don't even know if it's on this list. And I forgot what the jail is called. Um, Yeah, I forgot what it's called, but it's in South Carolina. And the lady was telling us about how like all the people who died in the jail and how outside of the jail, there were like just hundreds of unburied bodies of slaves from the Civil War. I I think it was a civil war. See, I don't even know if I'm getting my facts right. I probably shouldn't even be telling this story. But I'm pretty sure it was slaves that died or like Confederate soldiers that died from the civil war. And they were black men. So they didn't really like have funerals or burial services for them. So it was literally just like a pit of dead people. And this prison was like, built there. And so it was said that there's like all these haunted spirits um, that are in the jail and like all that kind of stuff. And it was really scary. We went at nighttime. <laughs> it was like 1030 at night and it was so scary, but we loved it. And we were like, they're not going to haunt us. Like when we go to places like plantations or Anywhere where like black people were killed and tortured and murdered and stuff like that, like me and my sister truly believe that the black souls are not going to haunt us. Like they're like, they're going to haunt all the white people because that's who did them wrong back in the day. And they're not going to haunt us. Like they're going to be nice and friendly to us. Anyways, that's what we believe. Okay, moving on, the next place is the King's Tavern in Mississippi. It was built in the late 1700s, and it is one of the oldest buildings in Mississippi. It used to be a restaurant and a bar. And back in the day, a man named Richard King bought the building years after it was constructed. So like I said, it was built in the late 1700s. And then this man bought the building years after it was built. And the story goes that he hired a young girl named Madeline to be a waitress. And then he had an affair with her. So when King's wife found out, she killed the girl like the wife was like uh-uh, you ain't about to take my man so it said that Madeline's spirit now haunts the tavern then <laughs> like this is the same place then in the 1930s three mummified bodies were found in the tavern's chimney in the freaking chimney Some say that these are the bodies of those murdered by the Harp Brothers, who are often referred to as America's first serial killers. The Harp Brothers were known customers at the restaurant. Today, visitors to the restaurant report heat coming from the fireplace, even when it's not lit. Shadowy figures, doors shutting inexplicably inexplicably (laughs) and noises that sound like a crying baby so you just had like a lot of bad stuff happen at this place the man's wife killed the girl and it's saying they're saying that her spirit now haunts the tavern and then you find three bodies in the chimney like I just don't understand how they stayed in the chimney and like didn't fall out (laughs) I don't know, but that's really crazy. But Mississippi, okay, Mississippi and Louisiana are probably two of the most haunted states in the United States, probably in the world. Like, I truly believe that Louisiana and Mississippi, they just have such dark history. And a lot of the southern states do, but I just feel like Louisiana and Mississippi just especially have like these very heinous crimes and murders and history that has just like gone on there and so there's actually a lot of like haunted places here which I think some of them are actually on this list so we'll get to that a little bit later but right now we're going to talk about the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose California which was built by the widow of a famous gun manufacturer. So Sarah Winchester commissioned the building of her mystery house in 1886 after her husband, William Wirt Winchester died of tuberculosis and her infant daughter died shortly after. So this woman then lost her husband and her baby. Like she's distraught. She went to a medium and she was told by the medium that she would forever be haunted by the ghosts of those killed with Winchester rifles. So remember her husband was a gun manufacturer. So she went to the medium and the medium was saying that, All of the people who were killed by those guns that he made, they're going to come back and haunt her. (laughs) So many believe that Sarah Winchester built this house in the 1800s to confuse and trap evil spirits that haunted her. Sarah used the money she inherited from her husband's death to employ 16 carpenters who worked 24 hours a day. Until her death in 1922, resulting in a bizarre house that at its peak had a total of 200 rooms, 10,000 windows and 2,000 trap doors, regular doors and spy holes. It also has staircases leading to ceilings, windows leading to secret passageways and doors opening into walls like literally the entire house is a freaking maze and I'm trying to figure out how much money she inherited from her husband's death to be able to build a mansion like this a house with 200 rooms back in the freaking 1800s that is insane and she literally like continued to renovate this house until the day that she died. So it was pretty much a 38 year renovation from the time that she started building the house to the time that she died. But if you go and like look up pictures online, I mean, it's a pretty house. The yard is beautiful. It is ginormous. Like you can literally see how big the house is. I would love to go and visit this house in California the next time that I'm there. I have to put that on my list. (laughs) All right, moving on to the next place, we have the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, which is in Fall River, Massachusetts, was the site of a grisly murder. Now a museum and a bed and breakfast, the Lizzie Borden House was the scene of the gruesome murders of Andrew and Abby Borden, who were found in 1892, covered in blood and beaten to death with an axe. Lizzie, the Bortons' daughter, was the prime suspect in the case. The charges against Lizzie were later dropped due to lack of physical evidence and no one was ever charged with the murders. The case remains unsolved. Today, guests can stay in the room where Abby was killed. According to employees and visitors, the home is full of paranormal activity, such as an apparition in Victorian clothing and sounds of weeping, doors opening and closing, footsteps, and conversations in empty rooms. Ooh, I would not. I just, I personally would not want to stay in a room where somebody was killed. Like, I just think that is such an eerie thing to do. And- You got to have some guts to be able to do that because, baby, I'm not staying nowhere that's haunted. I'll go visit. I'll go walk around. We can learn the history. But the minute you asking me to stay the night, a bed and breakfast, a sleepover, absolutely not. Like, we're not doing that. Like, the more that I read about some of these places, though, like, the more that I kind of want to dig into... The stories of the history behind it. Like, I really want to dive into these murders. Like, why do they think that their daughter killed her parents? And how come nobody was ever brought to justice? Like, I need to know the ins and outs of what happened back in the day in 1892. But we ain't got time for that this episode. Okay, next up, we have the Denver and Rio Grande Railroad Depot in Salt Lake City, Utah. And it is said a woman in a purple dress haunts the women's bathroom of this place. Now home to the Utah State Historical Society, the Denver and Rio Grande Railroad Depot was built by George Gold for the Rio Grande Western Railroad and was a travel hub in the early 1900s. I feel like I just read that like a first grader. (laughs) A woman in a purple dress haunts the women's bathroom of the Rio Grande Cafe. According to Haunted Houses, this woman was hit by a train after her fiance threw her engagement ring onto the tracks during a fight. The ghost of George Gold is said to make the occasional appearance on the balcony and in the lobby. See what I'm saying? Like the lady in the purple dress. Her husband, not her husband, her wannabe husband, her fiance, then threw the wind ring on the railroad tracks and she got hit by a train. I'm like, does he get charged with murder? I mean, I guess not. It was her own choice to go and try and get the ring off the railroad tracks. But even still, I'm like, did he feel bad? Did he? I need to know what he was doing. <laughs> okay, the next one is a lighthouse. It's called the St. Augustine Lighthouse in Florida. It is Florida's first lighthouse and the city's oldest surviving brick structure, and it is said to be haunted. (laughs) The tower's lens is the original lens that was installed during the 1870s. Wow. Besides being known for its rich history, the lighthouse is also known for the ghosts that haunted. It's believed that multiple tragic events that occurred in or near the lighthouse are the cause for the site's paranormal activity. There's the story of the lighthouse keeper who fell and died while painting the tower, and the story of three children who were playing in the cart near the tower, which broke and fell into the ocean, causing them to drown visitors claim they've seen the keepers ghost watching the grounds and heard the sounds of children playing nearby oh my gosh that is so eerie lighthouses within itself i think are just scary and i don't understand them like i know they were used to lead boats like isn't that what lighthouses were for to shine light so that boats could see them and know that there was land there Am I right about that? <laughs> I don't know, but lighthouse are just creepy. And then you have to walk up all those stairs to get to the top. Like, mm-mm, I wouldn't even want to go in there. Okay, this next one is in your girl's home state. Okay, it's actually not far from where I was raised and like growing up, probably about 20 to 30 minutes away from my house. And I actually went on a school field trip here one time. And I'll tell you guys that story after I read to you guys what the place is. Okay. So known as one of America's most haunted homes, the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana, started as a working mansion during the late 18th and early 19th centuries. The plantation is an extravagant example of the grandeur that characterized plantations during that time period. The French chandelier in the mansion's foyer is baccarat baccarat crystal. I don't know what I'm saying and weighs over 300 pounds. Today, the home is a bed and breakfast. Y'all probably be listening to me like this girl don't know how to read nothing. Okay, continuing on. Rumor has it that the house was built on top of a former burial ground and throughout the years have been numerous ghost sightings, the most well-known being Chloe, a former slave at the plantation. The legends that surround Chloe vary, but most say she poisoned the plantation owner's two children and was then hanged by her fellow slaves. Chloe is said to have appeared as an apparition in a photograph taken by the plantation's prop proprietress in 1992. (laughs) Okay, so the Myrtles is literally, it truly is one of the most haunted places in America. And it's so interesting to think that it's like right up the road from my house. I don't remember what grade I was in, maybe middle school or ninth grade. I remember going, but we took a field trip there and we were given the tour and all that stuff. And then I remember them bringing us to the dining room table and we were all like standing around the table. And this is where our was she was she called the guide the hostess no what is she called the person that guide the tour guide jesus christ <laughs> the tour guide was telling us the story about Chloe and was actually showing us the picture that was taken on the property and you could literally see the outlining of a little slave girl and it was so crazy but that's not even the craziest thing that happened while we were there she was talking about Chloe and telling us about like the accusations of like how she supposedly poisoned the the masters there and I kid y'all not a candle from the table got up and flew across the room I'm not joking like I wish I was joking I remember this clear as day the candle just got up and flew across the room and we were all like oh no 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 Like we gotta get up out of here and this was the daytime like we literally went in the daytime so i could only imagine how scary it is at nighttime and i've actually told my boyfriend i was like i want to go to the myrtles plantation because i haven't been back in years and i really like don't remember walking through it and all that stuff and I want to go back and he's so scary he's like I don't want to go there like I don't want to be around the ghosts and the spirits but I'm like we could literally just go walk hear the stories and then come back home and it'll be okay but he's a little scary but so I don't know if we're gonna go together but I definitely do want to go even if I gotta go by myself I will go (laughs) no I might not go by myself but I might do it just to prove a point (laughs) But yeah, if you're ever in Louisiana and the Baton Rouge area or the St. Francisville area, I would highly suggest like going to the Myrtle Plantation because first of all, it's beautiful. And then second of all, like the history there and the hauntedness just adds like this other element to it. Okay, moving on, we are now in Ohio. The Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, Ohio, offers ghost hunting classes and a tour led by a former prisoner. Interesting. A mix of beautiful architecture and crumbling prison cells, the Ohio State Reformatory saw plenty of violence during the 94 years the prison was in operation. The reformatory opened in 1896, hoping to be a place where juveniles were made into better people. In 1990, the federal order that closed the prison cited brutalizing and inhumane conditions. One of the most violent incidents that occurred at the prison was the kidnapping and killing of an employee's wife and daughter, which was carried out by two parolees in 1948. Just two years later, the warden's wife was shot dead by a gun that fell on the floor as she was picking up a jewelry case. Years later, the warden himself died of a heart attack in his office. One inmate reportedly killed his cellmate and then stuffed his body under a bunk. Tour guides and visitors alike say they can still hear the warden and his wife having conversations. Yo, what the heck? And the tours is led by a former prisoner? I want to go. I want to go like right now. <laughs> that sounds crazy. First of all, how did the employee's wife and daughter get kidnapped and killed? Like what were they even doing there? And looking at this picture y'all, like it looks so eerie. It is literally like cinder block walls and rooms. Like it's probably so cold in there, honestly. Oh my gosh, and it's huge. Okay, I I want to go there so bad. <laughs> All right. The next one. We're back in Louisiana, of course. Um, this is the LaLaurie Mansion in New Orleans, Louisiana, and it is said to be haunted by the ghosts of the owner's victims. I actually think there was an American horror story season based off of this house, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say it is like um, Coven. Was it Coven? Maybe. I need to really like probably do more research before I start hopping on this microphone and talking. But this is just me letting out my thoughts. So anyways, the LaLaurie mansion in New Orleans is named after its owner, Madame Delphine (laughs) LaLaurie. I have no idea if I'm saying her name right. After LaLaurie's third husband left her and returned to France, rumors started circulating that she went crazy and started torturing the slaves who lived and worked in her mansion. The first incident that raised concern occurred in 1833 when a female slave fell from a window and died. A year later, there was a fire at the mansion that caused police to come across the mutilated bodies of multiple slaves in the attic. It was believed that LaLaurie tortured her slaves in grotesque ways, drilling holes into their heads, breaking their bones or removing their intestines. The public stormed the mansion after they heard about the story, but Lollerie was never held responsible. Instead, she escaped to France, where she's thought to have died years later, but the ghosts of her victims are said to have remained in the mansion. Visitors claim they can still hear their screams. So I've actually never been to this house. Like, New Orleans, honestly, is... Everything about it is honestly just haunted, (laughs) like the group from the graveyards to the plantations to everything. Like it is just a haunted city. But I've never been to this mansion and I cannot believe that I haven't maybe that can be on my list for this year too I'm trying to go and do stuff like before Halloween but it's just so hard because I don't really have time but I think like doing this or like a ghost tour I mean a graveyard tour would be something super cool to do if you're in the New Orleans area and you want to be in a really silly spooky mood (laughs) I would suggest doing that okay our next stop is West Virginia the trans uh, <laughs> Why do they make these names so difficult? I literally had to pause because I could not sound out this word. The trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum in Western West Virginia practiced lobotomies and electroshock therapy. Originally built as a place of healing, the trans-allergeny lunatic asylum welcomed its first patients in 1864. The building, which is the largest hand-cut stone masonry building in North America, was built to house 250 people. At its peak in 1950, the asylum was home to 2,400 patients, many of whom endured lobotomies and electroshock therapy. So it was built to house 250 people and at the peak of its existence, it was home to 2,400 people. That is like triple, quadruple the amount of people that are supposed to be there. Mental health reforms and the building's poor condition caused the asylum to close in 1994. However, many patients died during the facility's 130 functioning years, which I can imagine. Some are believed to haunt the building's halls, which is why the asylum attracts visitors and ghost hunters. Lobotomies? That is just so weird to me. Like, you're letting somebody drill inside your head. And electroshock therapy? Yeah. I just... I don't know if I would go to such extreme measures to like cure my mental health <laughs> or like something that was wrong with me mentally. Like I just I could never I would never be able to do that. But these people brave. Doc Street Theater in Charleston, South Carolina is one of the oldest theaters in America. This is where me and my sister were when we went to visit the jail, Charleston, South Carolina. It's actually a super cute town if you've never been I love it so much but yeah that's neither here nor there but Dock street theater oldest theaters in America okay After a brief stint as the Planters Inn when a fire burned down the original theater, the Dock Street Theater was restored to its true purpose in the 1930s. One of its most famous ghostly inhabitants is Nettie Dickerson, a prostitute who was said to have been struck by lightning while standing on the balcony. Some visitors have reported seeing her running amok on the second floor in a red gown. I wonder if like this prostitute lady was seeing anybody while she was there and if she like got shocked and then her person was like where are you at (laughs) she's literally dead on the balcony okay that's not funny but what if that really happened (laughs) okay next up on this list we have a hotel monte vista in flagstaff arizona which opened in 1927 and has a plethora of hotel guests who just never left Monte Vista's most well-known ghost story is that of room 305. This room is thought to have been occupied by an old woman who was a long-term renter and used to sit in a rocking chair near the window for hours. Today, guests as well as staff see the chair rocking on its own. Some have even seen the old lady sitting in it. Other paranormal activity includes the sound of a screaming infant that comes from the hotel's basement and sends housekeepers running, a phantom bellboy who knocks on doors and announces room service, and the ghosts of two prostitutes who in the early 1940s were killed in room 306 and then thrown from the window. The most bizarre is the meat man, a long term guest who stayed in room 220 in the 1980s and hung raw meat from the chandelier in his room. His body was discovered in his room three days after he had been killed. How was he allowed to hang raw meat in his room? (laughs) Like what? That is giving me like Jeffrey Dahmer vibes and I don't like it. But clearly this hotel has like a lot of little spirits that like to run around the hotel and give people a little show. (laughs) Okay, I'll do a few more. This one is the Baltimore Hotel in Baltimore, Maryland. And there have been some strange occurrences on the 19th floor of this hotel. The Lord Baltimore Hotel's long history in the city has earned it a spot on the National Register of historic places designed by William Lee Stoddard. It was the largest hotel in the state of Maryland when it opened its doors in 1928 guests have reported feeling invisible hands, touch them in the elevator, but the 19th floor is said to be particularly haunted. The elevators go to the 19th floor when no one has pressed a button to send them there. And according to some, the ghost of a little girl who is said to have died by suicide in the hotel frequents its halls. Oh my goodness. First of all, if I feel invisible hands touching me, (laughs) I literally would freak out. I don't know what I would do. I would probably start crying. (laughs) Like that is scary. Like, I'm okay with there being spirits around me. And like, I know that there are spirits like around us in everyday life, but please don't make yourself known to me. Like, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't appear to me. <laughs> like, I don't want to see you, feel you, hear you, know you there. Not at all. Okay. Next stop is Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville, Louisville. <laughs> okay. So this is the Waverly Hills Sanatorium, and it started off as a one room schoolhouse in the late 1800s. The Board of Tuberculosis Hospital later purchased the land and built the sanatorium, Santer- which opened in 1910 as a small quarantine for tuberculosis patients. This building is freaking huge. The large building that now sits abandoned was built in 1926 in response to the need for a larger facility. The Santerium could house over 400 patients. Waverly Hills was its own community, complete with a zip code, post office, and water treatment facility. Everyone in the Santerium... I am saying this so wrong. Everyone in the sanatorium, goodness gracious, patients, nurses, doctors were cut off from the outside world. It closed in 1961 after an antibiotic that that cured tuberculosis was discovered. However, it's believed that some patients never left and still haunt the grounds. Reports of paranormal activity inspired the horror movie Death Tunnel set in the underground passageways used by staff to remove bodies from the building. The Waverly Hills Historical Society offers guided tours and paranormal investigations. Interesting, interesting. I've never heard of that movie Death Tunnel. Maybe I'll have to watch it and see what it's all about. Okay, the next place is the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado. It served as the inspiration behind Stephen King's novel The Shining, which later became a cult favorite horror movie, which I don't think I've ever seen that movie. So anyways, according to paranormal experts, the Colorado Hotel is said to be one of America's most active ghost sites. <laughs> F.O. and Flora Stanley, a couple from Massachusetts, opened the hotel in 1909 and it's believed that their ghosts still haunt the place. At night, Mrs. Stanley is set to play the piano in the music room. Other reports include lights turning on and off, sounds of laughter, and bags being mysteriously unpacked. Guests can even book spirited rooms in the hotel where there's high paranormal activity. Options include the Stephen King suite or the ghost hunters favorite room. See, the thing is, I, I feel like, well, one, I still would not want to stay there. Like I don't want to spend the night in in anywhere haunted, but I feel like as long as the spirits there are not mean and they're just like nice and not like not really doing anything to harm you but just like letting you know that they're there like turning the lights on and off you hearing the sounds of the laughter like I feel like that's okay but it's when you start touching me and when you start like slamming doors and trying to scare me that I'm just like okay no (laughs) it's okay if you can if I can like hear you laughing or having a conversation with somebody but if you're sitting here trying to scare me Uh Uh-uh, get me out of here immediately. (laughs) Okay, the next place is the Sloss Furnaces in Birmingham, Alabama, and it is said to be haunted by former employees. The Sloss Furnaces are now a historic national landmark, but in the late 19th century, they produced iron, which was then turned into steel. James Slag Wormwood (laughs) was the boss at the furnaces, and it's said that he put his employees through some pretty inhumane conditions. Labor laws didn't exist at the time and temperatures in the furnace often reached above 100 degrees. Wow. A total of 47 men died with Wormwood as their boss. And even Wormwood himself lost his life in the furnaces when he slipped and fell into the iron ore, causing his body to melt. Oh, my gosh. Wormwood and his workers are believed to haunt the furnaces to this day. (gasps) That is horrible. I know it was hot as hell up in there. I would not want to work there like at all. I know like some people ain't had no choice. Like they just get in where they fit in. If this is a job that they got, this is a job that they're going to keep. But baby, put me in a working condition above 100 degrees one time. I'm out of here. I'm quitting. I'm not coming back. (laughs) Okay, the next place we have is a hotel. It is the Crescent Hotel and Spa in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And it is said to be haunted by a patient who died at the hands of a man pretending to be a doctor. What? Now, a historic hotel and spa nestled into the Ozarks, the Crescent Hotel and Spa wasn't always such a lovely place. A year before the hotel even opened in 1886, someone fell from one of the building's windows and died. Then, in the 1930s, Norman G. Baker turned the hotel into an institute for cancer patients. Baker, a millionaire from Iowa who was former magician, radio broadcaster, and inventor, claimed that he could cure cancer and that organized medicine was corrupt. In reality, though, Baker had absolutely no medical background. One of his most well known patients was Lula Tunis, whose husband John was desperate to find someone who could save her. She died only months after being, quote unquote, treated by Baker. Baker was eventually discovered as a hoax and imprisoned, but many say his spirit and many others still haunt the hotel. First of all, <laughs> this man was a millionaire, he was a former magician a radio broadcaster and an inventor. And then he started claiming that he could cure cancer and that he was a doctor. Like, did he just decide that he was going to dabble into every little thing and be like, yeah, I can do that. Like I can, I can handle that. No. Like, what are we doing? Did anybody not want to see this man's credentials? (laughs) Like, they're just like, Oh, he's a millionaire. He built this place. Like we need to go here because he's saying that he can cure cancer. No, show me the proof. (laughs) But I guess back then I don't know. I was, I felt like it was so much easier to get away with stuff back in the day because you didn't have the internet. You couldn't look up people. You couldn't really like test somebody's credentials unless you literally wanted to wait weeks, like writing the university or writing somebody and then waiting for them to get the letter and write you back. Like it would have just been too much to do. So I guess I, I guess I can understand it, but even still, I'm just like, how do I know you're really a doctor though? Okay, moving up to the East Coast, we have the Amityville, Amityville, Amityville. Let's go with Amityville. Amityville sounds better. We have the Amityville Horror House in Amityville, New York, and it was the scene of a mass murder. Why did my voice do that? I don't know. Okay, anyways, in 1974, 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo, shot and killed his whole family. What? His mother, father, and four siblings while they were asleep in the house. Are you kidding me? Just over a year later, the Lutz family moved into the home. See, that's one thing I'm not gonna do. I'm not moving into a home where murders happened, where people were killed, where crimes were committed. I just I just can't, I just could not. The family didn't even stay a full month before moving, no longer able to take the strange paranormal activity they reported witnessing in the house. Their stories included strange smells waking up at 3.15 a.m., which is when the murders were committed, a spirit knocking a knife down in the kitchen, levitating while asleep, and more. No. These stories inspired a series of books, movies, and documentaries, Ronald DeFeo is still serving his sentence for the murders. Please, he's still alive. But I guess this only happened in 1974. (gasps) That's crazy. Why? I want to know why he killed his mama, his daddy, and all his siblings. Like, what did they do to you? I'm always just in shock when people kill their own family members because I just could never. Like, I love my family. I could never do that. I'm I'm stuck on the levitating while asleep. (laughs) my body is being raised in the air no thank you immediately no get me out of here right now (laughs) the next one is the driscoll 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 hotel in austin texas legend has it that room 525 is particularly haunted Colonel Jesse Driscoll, a cattle baron, opened the Driscoll Hotel in 1886. He was a compulsive gambler and had to give it up soon after. He died only four years after the hotel opened and his ghost supposedly wanders the hotel. But as a woman, a disguise that is said to help. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Colonel Jesse Driscoll. We got to start over. A cattle baron opened the Driscoll Hotel in 1886. He was a compulsive gambler, though, and had to give it up soon after. He died only four years after the hotel opened and his ghost supposedly wanders the hotel, but as a woman. So he's disguised as a woman in his ghost form. It is a disguise that is said to help him look out for other women. That's crazy. Room 525 is particularly haunted. Two women, both on their honeymoons, died by suicide in the same room 20 years apart? No, 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 no. Why are you committing suicide on your honeymoon? Then there's the portrait of Samantha Houston, the four-year-old daughter of a U.S. senator who died in the hotel. Visitors who look at her portrait report a strange feeling. Bro. Okay. Okay. So the man who built the hotel died is now a ghost, but his ghost is disguised as a woman in order to help him look out for other women. And then in room 525, two women on their honeymoons died by suicide 20 years apart in the same room from the same thing. I'm, I'm shook (laughs) because how does that happen? I'm trying to figure out why are you committing suicide on your honeymoon when you should be happy? You just got married. Why are we sad? That's so crazy. Oh my gosh. The hotel looks beautiful though. I can't believe that's in Austin, Texas. It's really pretty. Okay, I promise I'm only doing a few more. I just keep scrolling and I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks so interesting. I have to tell y'all. <laughs> okay. The Shanghai tunnels in Portland, Oregon, have a dark history. The Shanghai tunnels in Portland get their name from the practice that became known as Shanghaiing, kidnapping and selling men as workers on ships headed to East Asia. Restless, agitated spirits of men who were drugged and trafficked in the city's ports during the early 19th century are said to haunt the underground tunnels through which they were reportedly sold. Legend has it that the local saloons contained entrances to the tunnels, enabling swindlers to prey on unsuspecting patrons and bring them directly underground before they even knew what was going on. Today, visitors can take walking tours to learn more about the dark history of the tunnels. Stoll Cemetery in Stoll, Kansas, is considered by many people to be one of the gateways to hell. Stoll Cemetery is allegedly a place where Satan himself, oh no, <laughs> comes to wreak havoc and where occult ceremonies and meetings take place. Immediately, no. It has inspired many movies and used to draw its fair share of ghost hunters. That is until the local police put a thousand dollar fine in place for unauthorized visitors following multiple incidents where headstones were tipped over. I'm sorry. If somebody says that Satan comes to a certain place. I'm not, I'm not going to that place. If they say that, then I don't want to know. I don't want to go. I don't want to be there. And I would not want anybody in my family to be buried there, like at all. Okay, the last one that I'm going to read is the Fort Delaware in Delaware City. Delaware was used to imprison Confederate soldiers during the Civil War. Fort Delaware was built as a Union fortress during the Civil War, but was used as a prison for captured Confederate soldiers. It is said that conditions were abysmal, abysmal. (laughs) I've really got to work on my reading and that many prisoners died there due to maltreatment. It doesn't come as much of a surprise then that their restless spirits are said to haunt the building. Ghost tours are available on the isolated island, which is only accessible by ferry. Ooh. (laughs) Okay. I have read a lot of spooky things. So many places that I want to put on my list to go and visit when I travel. And I just think it's really cool to like learn about the history of the places and like the people that were there and like what was happening during that time that these places were built or that they were in existence. Like, I just think it's so cool, even though there are some things where it's like, oh my gosh, this person committed suicide or these murders happen. Like, it's just crazy to know that something like that happened there. And then you can go and like visit. And it is just a completely different, like, eerie feeling when you know the backstory to something and you just kind of like, I know what happened here. Like, it's crazy. Like, literally anytime I visited a plantation, especially here, and I would go, it, it literally would be like I would immerse myself into, like, the mindset, the time period, like, I don't know. I would just try and envision for myself what it would be like if I was there during that time. And it just, it makes the experience so much more real because you feel like mentally you were there, like when it was happening. And even though you weren't like, you can still feel like you were, you know, and you can like, I don't know. It's just, I'm rambling right now, but (laughs) I'm just saying that there are a lot of places that I want to go visit, and it's interesting to know the history behind why places are haunted and like who is haunting them. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope that y'all were able to. I don't know, maybe find a place or hear about a place that you want to go visit one day. Maybe there's a place in your home state, hometown, home city. And you were like, I didn't even know that was there. And now you can go for spooky season. Okay, you're welcome. (laughs) Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I love y'all so much. And I will talk to you guys next week for week four of spooky season okay i love you guys have a great week Mm, i was gonna blow a kiss but i'm deciding against it because that is actually very cringy okay i love you bye